Physicians have oftentimes asked me, what does an ICD shock feel like? One answer I often get from patients was, it felt like a horse kicked me in the chest. But I wanted to try and figure out some method of making this real for us. So I did the math, and I found out when a device delivers 40 joules of energy, that's the equivalent of taking 4 kilograms and dropping it 1 meter. So imagine yourself lying on the ground and having someone hold a gallon of milk 1 meter above your chest, and they are looking at your EKG trying to determine if your ventricular rate is fast because of a ventricular arrhythmia or because of an SVT. Based on that decision, they may drop that gallon of milk. Just like the ICD patient, you want the decision to shock to be appropriate. You want the implanted system to get it right. Hi there, I'm Wyatt Stahl, and I'm here to reveal what SICD technology is, where it's headed, and most importantly, why you should be paying attention. Please come along as I learn with principal researchers, examine recent studies, and follow the science to get you straight to the heart of this exciting technology. This is Leading the Charge. For the SICD, a current clinical trial for evaluating appropriate therapy delivery versus inappropriate shocks has been crucial because of the significant improvements in SICD algorithms and sensing. It is my pleasure to be able to uh, give this presentation on behalf of our Untouched investigators. That was Dr. Michael Gold, the principal investigator for Untouched. He's a professor of medicine and the endowed chair of cardiology at the Medical University of South Carolina. The subcutaneous ICD is provided to protect patients from sudden cardiac death while avoiding the complications of transvenous lead systems. However, with the first-generation devices, inappropriate shock turned out to be the Achilles heel of this device, and there were many inappropriate shocks. This restricted it largely to young patients, often without much structural heart disease because of the long-term need for defibrillator implantation. Transvenous ICD programming has changed significantly in recent years based on major clinical trials, such as the MADE-IT-RIT. One aspect of the untouched trial was to use those programming insights for the SICD. So the design of this study was a multinational study, prospective over 100 sites, with follow-up pre-specified for 18 months. We also had prescriptive programming so that the conditional zone, no therapy was given for any rates below 200, and we used the discrimination algorithms all the way up to 250 beats a minute. Patients had to have a primary prevention indication an ejection fraction less than 35%, and it had to be a de novo initial implant of an SICD. Finally, they had to pass the screening test and the usual caveats of previous ventricular arrhythmias or pacemaker indications were contraindications. The early clinical trials did not include the SmartPass feature, which helps filter out T waves and significantly reduces the occurrence of T wave oversensing that can lead to inappropriate therapy. The SmartPass filter is a way of changing the algorithm of discriminating arrhythmias to try to associate inappropriate rhythms, which some ones that we should would be withholding therapy. The initial published study from this, we had done some initial benchmarks suggesting that it would be very effective. The initial study coming out of the Netherlands when they looked at their series of patients suggested 
it might reduce inappropriate shots by about 50%. And very consistently, our data showed a 50% reduction in inappropriate shock rate with this filter turned on. The hypothesis was that the incident of inappropriate shock in primary prevention patients will be non-inferior to the rate in transvenous ICD patients with optimal programming observed in the MADIT-RIT trial, where high-rate or long-duration arms B or C are used. So if we just compare this with previous SICD studies, the original IDE study, which we did to get approval for this device by the FDA, there was an annual inappropriate shock rate of 13%. The effortless, which is a very large study from Europe, was at 8%. The post-approval study, the very large study in the U.S., we recently presented is 6.8%. There was an initial study looking at the SmartPass filter, which was down to 4.3%. Praetorian, again, is in that range between 4 and 5%. Untouched is down to 3.1%. And when we use the SmartPass filter, the Generation 3 devices, we're now down to 2.4%. You know, quite an impressive curve. If we now compare that with transvenous systems in the large trials, either meta-analyses or the major trials of mated RIT and the Advanced 3 trials, we see that using the Generation 3, the SmartPass filter in SICD devices, we're actually lower than those devices. So rather than this being a trade-off of using an SICD because more inappropriate shocks, we at least have the trend suggesting that we may actually be preventing inappropriate shocks with this device. This result, a lower inappropriate shock rate than even in made at RIT, fundamentally changes how to look at the SIC therapy. Previous studies have shown its high efficacy at converting VT or VF, and now untouched is addressing that crucial second point, achieving low inappropriate shock rates. The primary endpoint, since this was not a randomized study, was a performance goal, a 95% probability of being greater than 91.6%. That was derived from the mated RIT trial of defibrillator patients and the arms that were the most aggressive with either long duration or high rates. That was the most aggressive transvenous ICD study, and we said we're going to do as well as that trial. The secondary endpoints were all-cause shock rates, as well as procedural-related complications. The untouched trial shows high SICD efficacy and safety, despite the sickest cohort studied to date. The inappropriate shock rates of 3.1% at one year for all emblem SICDs, both Generation 2 and 3, and 2.4% at one year for emblem MRI SICDs, which is Generation 3 only, are the lowest reported for SICDs and lower than many transvenous ICD trials using contemporary programming to reduce inappropriate shocks. Freedom from inappropriate shocks was 95.9%. That means there's only a 4.1% inappropriate shock rate at 18 months. So extremely low very, very rewarding and clearly easily beat the performance goal we set up based on the MADIT RIT study. This supports the use of the SICD as a first-line therapy for a traditional cohort of patients in need of an ICD to manage the risk of sudden cardiac death. This was a high-risk population with a mean EF of 26%. And we can see the overall survival rate was about 95% consistent with Praetorian for the number of patients who needed to be replaced with a transvenous device. 
because of bradycardia pacing, antitachycardia pacing, or resynchronization therapy was only 0.5%. So again, the need for pacing therapy in appropriately selected patients, quite low. Dr. Gold's comment about this patient population is a very powerful one to keep in mind. This is not a cherry-picked population, but in fact, it's one at high risk. And we see from that 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 overall survival rate was about 95%. Moreover, the prescriptive programming in this device, the comfort of being able to go to 250 beats a minute before automatically shocking patients appears to be safe and effective in this group of patients. So clearly, it's a game changer, in my opinion, that it takes us from a low rate of inappropriate shocks to, again, what looks to be an ultra-low rate of inappropriate shocks, you know, rivaling or bettering transvenous systems or anything else that we have out there. In summary, this clinical data shows that the SICD is now achieving the efficacy and safety and the low inappropriate shock rates of some of the very best performances with transvenous ICD trials. We have low complication rates. We have a high success rate for terminating ventricular arrhythmias similar to transvenous devices and a very low inappropriate shock rate without compromising patient safety. So I think what we conclude from that is the SICD can be considered in all primary prevention patients without pacing indications, regardless of underlying heart disease or LV function, which I don't think we could say before we had these most recent studies. For high-energy defibrillation therapy, the ability of the SICD to know when to deliver therapy or when to withhold it is critical. The untouched trial results illustrate the accuracy of this system's decision-making. So with the SICD, that critical aspect of looking at a high rate and determining is this an arrhythmia to treat or is this simply SVT is crucial. And as a scientist one time told me, to understand this difference, you must know how Nelson Rockefeller died. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leading the Charge. Next time, we'll take a closer look at the ongoing improvements being made to the SICD implantation technique. But for now, that'll about do it. Thanks for joining me in Leading the Charge. I'm Wyatt Stahl. Until next time. For more information regarding the SICD and its indications for use, please visit bostonscientific.com SICD. For more information regarding SICD and its indications for use within the European Union, please visit bostonscientific.eu slash s-icd.